Welcome back, listeners, for another episode of Crew 3 Podcast. Here we are post-bands, and uh, boy, were they some bands, right, guys? Sick bands. Great bands. And of course, those are my co-hosts. I'm your host, Ruckman. Those are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. And uh, let's get right to it. So this week was a very busy weekend for us. Uh, I got to start off with seeing an XFL game, Go Roughnecks. Hey. And uh, then I went. I took a little drive to Dallas. And uh, Chris and I played in a Pioneer 10K. Yeah, we did. Uh, Ricky, do you have any Pioneer you want to talk about before you get into this 10K real fast? Uh, I went and played a Dredge FNM. Cool. How was that? Uh, great. I don't think I can ever beat Mono Green Ramp ever. Okay. But I beat everything else. Are I you beat still, all the inverters. Are you still worried about Bant? Yes, I can't beat that either. Okay, good. I need to know that for Saturday. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not angling for you, but, you know, if it's a matchup I already know, I'm, I've got locked. It, it helps. Right. Well, Kurt Angle's already in the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He already knows. He knows. He knows. Uh, all right. Speaking of genetic freak, uh, Chris and I That's right. <laughs> went to go play in a Pioneer 10K over in Fort Worth. Uh, you know, I before we, before we get down into the, the brass tacks here about the event, I just want to say shout out to the Pioneer community. Uh, easily some of the best conversation I've ever had playing in a Magic event, right? Like... Um, everyone there was super chill. Super nice guys. Chill people there. Mm-hmm. Everyone was awesome. Uh, you know, cannot say. I don't think there's even. I uh, I had a very interesting judge call interaction. Uh, but even after that, it was very frustrating. I think for sort of me and my opponents because of how awkward, uh, how awkwardly long it was. Uh, we we were still having a conversation. It was still pretty pretty chill afterwards. People calmed down, right? Um, uh, I went ahead and I played Bant Spirits. I think it's a deck I've been talking up pretty well the past couple weeks. Uh, Chris, do you want to? Well, we said last week what you played, but do you want to tell everyone what you played? Oh yeah, he's definitely on the uh, the Demir Inverter, the uh, the big because bad we guy. thought it was going to be the uh, the send off tournament, right? Yeah, it was like a last hurrah. And normally, I'm not one to uh, you know. I definitely purchased some cards uh, for this event. Nothing nothing too crazy, but I definitely picked up some of the cards I didn't have. Um, we were mostly playing online previously. I had actually not played this deck live before, so now I have some reps under my belt, and we were expecting that the deck was going to get banned, but, uh, you know, more on that later. Also, definitely, uh, based on when we were watching the pre-edge numbers, I, there ended up being a way bigger turnout than I was expecting. Yeah, which is uh, really so cool. That day, that day went pretty long. No, it was definitely mm-hmm. good. I was definitely glad to see. I was actually a little worried about the, uh, the turnout numbers based on pre-edge. Uh, but they uh, they easily doubled what the pre-reg numbers were, so uh, so good for them. Good turnout. Had 129, so we just went over the eight-round bump there. Uh, so that was a little disheartening, but uh, you know we we went and got it done. No one uh, no one took home the gold, but uh, I think we we had some pretty good success. Uh, you, any any real like matches or things like that stick out in your mind, Chris? Any uh, any new thoughts on Demir Inverter? Um, I think the deck is is insanely strong. Um, I you know I, I guess a lot of this is going to kind of blend in, but um, I had a lot of fun. I definitely enjoyed what the deck was doing. It, it definitely is not a deck where you like get to do it all. You definitely have to draw the right things, but you're definitely, you know, there's a lot of games where you just thought seize twice, set up a big dig through time, get your combo that way, and then combo people. Um, even then, like once you can take care of your threats because you've got really good removal, um, Jace is a great way to just draw extra cards. It's got reasonable loyalty. It doesn't, um, doesn't really protect itself, uh, which is definitely one thing, but you know, it definitely fueled a lot of dig through times, you know? So, I think a lot of times you're wanting to mill your opponent because you have to be very careful about how many cards you're putting in your graveyard if you're trying to combo because you'll accidentally mm-hmm. kill yourself if you leave too many cards in your graveyard and then, oops, I don't have, like, I can't thought this Oracle for another turn or two. So controlling the amount of cards in your graveyard is always something you got to be thinking about, which really wasn't that hard. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of targeting Demir Inverter uh, for now. It's still yeah. it's kind of thriving despite the hate. Uh, but I think a lot of people stop playing the deck just kind of expecting it to get banned. So I'm ready for it to make I, a resurgence. Yeah. And of course, like I said, I ran, I ran bad spirits. Um, you know, I, I, I put in some paper reps, right? Like, but we, we were playing online and man, that deck on the surface looks like it is just play Lord, play Coco, hit two Lords, go, right? Um, but I don't think that deck gets a lot enough credit for just how you sequence things. Like there are plenty of games where... Uh, it was more relevant for me to just keep bashing with a one power guy mm-hmm. instead of running out my lord just because it was more advantageous here just to threaten a spell quality that I didn't have or threaten the coke. Like, people just assume you have the coke or you have the quality like at all times because, you know, that's just things you got to wear playing around. But, like, sometimes I think people might fear it too much. Sure. And and uh, you just sort of get by just by not you, – you maybe take a turn off here type of deal. But uh, I think – 
there's a lot more thought into, especially you have to also know matchups on like what is relevant in your spell queller countering and stuff like that. Um, I don't want to toot my own horn, but like I definitely, like I was telling you guys, um, I don't tend to, you know, I get I get a little fatigued on some of these longer events. Uh, but I was really happy. I think for for a while I haven't been super happy in a lot of my uh, long run like turns that go over you know, like five four or five rounds type of deal. Like I haven't been super happy on my forms and those lately of just just fatigue after not playing in a more competitive environment for so long just because mm-hmm. I really had taken about like a year off of really competitive play before Pioneer started back up. Sure. Uh, but I think this is like the first weekend where I felt actively really good about like everything I did. There was one mistake I think I made that's more might be a hindsight thing. And I really honestly I attribute like most of my losses to either very close games where it's just like, you know, just like I couldn't have done anything differently or just sometimes, you know, the deck has no manipulation outside of paying four mana for a spectral sailor, but it does that doesn't help when the deck gets stuck on two mana. I can't tell. I think, like, about 90% of the games I lost, I died with just two lands in play and, like, two Cocos, like, three Spell Quellers in hand, just not being able to cast anything. Yeah. Land drops are really important. A lot of your stuff costs three and four. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so definitely keep that in mind, everyone, if you're going to go play uh, play Spirits. Uh, you know, that third land is very important in this deck. It definitely opens up a lot. Uh, so, yeah. So let's move into uh, the ban list discussion. Um, so let's start off with... Uh, so what happened in the ban list? Uh, so goals got banned in Brawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oko, Once Upon a Time, Veil of Summer yeah. were moved from Suspended to Banned in Historic. Oh. Uh, Field oh, of the wow. Dead got moved from Suspended to Legal in Historic. Yeah. Um, do you know what that format is? I'm not aware of what that format is. Um, um I think it's a format that you're allowed to play on Wednesdays. Okay. On mm-hmm. And what cards can I play in that but format? I think you Apparently can, you can play, play on, like... Second Wednesdays, mm-hmm. okay. uh, not Oko. You can't play Oko. Okay. Noko. And right. then um, Legacy Unworld Breach was banned. Right. So that's, you know, that's that's a good congrats, one. Congrats, congrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Once Upon a Time was banned in another format, uh, in Modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Ricky, no Splinter Twin coming off the ban list. I swear, like... Uh, the people agree with you. Like, there, was, there was a Splinter Twin buyout that really upset Saffron Olive, because he was like... The uh, the Illuminati's out there, and they're definitely out there. But he thought they were buying the magic cards, and it turns out this time it was just some doofus somewhere who thought they were going to unban Splinter Twin. I was so let's also not check considering buying Ricky's right. Yeah, we don't need to check Ricky's <laughs> credit card statements. Oh my gosh, I thought I thought it was going to happen. I thought were, like Watsy was like, we're going to make modern good again. I don't know. This feels like this feels like Christmas of all socks, and it's like, yeah, I needed socks. And yeah, we needed to get rid of Once Upon a Time, but am I happy about this Christmas? No. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what Christmas I'm definitely not happy about. The Christmas of no presents, because uh, if you if you, if you you didn't hear me say Pioneer people, uh, that's because yeah, I was nothing waiting. was banned. Whoa. No, just go ahead and read further down. Just go ahead. Just, yeah. It's on the... Uh, it has oh, to yeah. Be. Sorry, sorry, sorry. There is a statement. Uh, let me read you the, the brief uh, Don't read statement all here. Okay. Uh, no, I will just read the statement of... Generally, we're happy with how the Pioneer metagame has played out over the past several weeks. We saw, we saw tremendous diversity across the top decks of the three Pine Players Tour tournaments in early February. Magic Online data indicates that the matchups between the most popular decks are in a healthy place, with each having a both win-and-loss matchups against the other. Across the last two weeks of MTGO decklist, Debrian Inverter has had a 49% non-mirror match win rate and has unfailed matchups against five of the other ten most played decks. That win rate has been drifting down over the last over time since the last Pro Tour. Lotus Breach decks have been in an all-time ever even lower win rate with unfavorable matchups against most of the other top decks. This is especially true post board post sideboarded, where many decks have access to dampening sphere and other answers. So, I read that second that third paragraph specifically because after some little discussion here, I want to talk about that percentage win rate against non mirror and talk about the unfavorable matchups because uh, there's the last trick next to that. So let's talk about first reaction, surprise Pikachu, nothing is banned. You know, I am all for um, hiring people from all kinds of different backgrounds with different disabilities, but I think if you're going to work in the Watsy, you know, um, design department, what is this organized play? Who's in control of bands? Uh, I'm not positive. Wherever they are. At least 50% of them need to be able to see. 
That's all that I ask. Preferably, most of them can also read and write English. As long as those conditions are met, I, I am happy. Wow. I have no idea what these folks have been looking at. Every opponent I joked with over the course of the weekend asked me what I was going to do when Demir and Verder got banned. Oh, but Chris, Chris, they are aware of community concern, though. I, I don't know that they're. I don't know that they're that aware. I mean, like every single I don't know opponent. What you're talking about. There's no top eight results. If we delete the top eight That's results. That's exactly right. If we get rid of the deck yeah. list. Okay, so it's like we, they never have. Do we just want to jump into this now and talk about that 49% and their five favorable matchup for the uh, the five unfavorable matchups? Well, I mean, like, do I think that, look? you know, anybody can bring up whatever. whatever do we just want to get that out of the way real fast? Because that just feels like the biggest elephant in the room here. Go for it. So so uh, let, me, let me point everyone to a little website I've been really enjoying lately. Uh, mtgmeta.io. And shout out to those folks because as Watsy tries their hardest to keep us from getting real information, that website's illegal. On they have deck break. lists. They have deck <laughs> lists. They go out. They figure out win percentage and everything like that. Uh, according to them, so going back to the chart here, I don't have an exact number, but uh, you know, oh sorry, global performance is currently averaging at about a fifty-five percent point nine one percent. Hmm. That's a little different from that 49% or 40, 48%, was it? Right. 49% a non-mirror win rate. Uh, again, so that, the mirror might pull in there um, with a variable of a 53.2 to a 58.5 global performance. Okay, so, you know, that's kind of close to being in line, right? Uh, but then again, I'm looking at, I'm sorted by performances in their matchups because, again, this website does a great job of giving us all the major matchups. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see here. What are... The three decks under a 50% win rate. That isn't the mirror. I only see two here. I see Lotus Breach and I see Azorius Control. Those matchups make sense for being difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you want to get into it, you know, again, sure, variance is going to be involved here. There's Azorius Spirits at 50.7, Mono White Devotion at 51.5, Bant Spirits at 51.6. And Soul Tide Delirium at 52.6% win rate. And that's where we get out of 53%. And I think that's a bit point to stop uh, stop variance. My cat's also very upset with this discussion that mm-hmm. we're having right now. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Yeah, Maggie's uh, displeased. Yeah, Maggie's very displeased. Um, so, yeah. So, clearly something's not adding up. And maybe that's because things aren't as transparent. Or I think the other issue is um, they're only taking online numbers into consideration they aren't considering the big paper events yeah i just remember they were talking about the big paper events in that article they in fact list the big paper events oh you mean the paper events they run and not the gps that they don't do anything with anymore yeah they don't like to talk about those 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 big events where i where i can like assure you that those deck lists go in the trash at the end of everything i'm just like man like and again, like, we, we were talking earlier, like, maybe this is a little bit of a no reaction. Like, if this is our new reality, like, that's fine. It's just, like, we had sure. such we had such but a cool me, and diverse we... format for a while as far as, mm-hmm. like, what you could play, you know? And I get people like, no, 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 I like it. There's multiple decks. I know knowing what to target. And that's fine. But it's, like, like the mono-white decks were, like, putting in three, like, uh, Gideon's Intervention in the main deck, two to three. And it's, like, you know that's just for Inverter. It's not good against anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't mm-hmm. target ban... I don't think you can target hit Lotus Breach as well with that thing. You might hit some and stuff, like, but and then like with Lotus Breach, right? Am I am I just to start every deck list with three to four damping sphere in my sideboard? Like, am I just going to start with a twelve card sideboard from now until the end of the format? Yeah, I mean that's kind of fine. Like you you do need to come like prepared for dredge in in my opinion. Like you know you dredge is like graveyard decks in general are things that like you could um, target. Uh, I just, again, like, the numbers we were quoting weeks ago when we were looking at it do not reflect a 49% win rate. We were talking about, uh, you know, online results, you know, five of the top eight, five of the top eight, five of the top mm-hmm. eight. Well, like, yeah, maybe the metagame adjusted. Maybe people were like, oh, the, you know, I'm wondering how many people gave the deck up because I thought it was going to be banned. Who sold out of their cards going, like, especially in, well, for paper tournaments who were just that, like... and I've heard some reports of people who have been at GPs lately, and they're like, man, the top tables, there's a lot of Demir Inverter... There weren't many Demir Inverters in the middle tables, mm-hmm. but there are a lot in the bottom tables. So it also feels like a case of like, hey, the good players are playing Demir Inverter. But there's also some weaker players or players who don't have experience with the deck just slumming it out in the low tables, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like that's another thing here too, and those can definitely weigh down the numbers. Um, and you know, again, by looking at Magic Online results, that skews things too. And I don't, you know, maybe we are being hyperbolic. Ricky, tell us why we're wrong. Guys. Why is this format? Why is this the greatest format ever right now? 
I do like this format still. I really do, mm-hmm. even with like the tilting number of Namir Inverter. Like, definitely something should probably be done about mm-hmm. it. Like, I mean, like literally everybody can't be wrong, right? Right. I mean, um, yeah. I do think like there are some decks that like do decently against it, but I don't think it has bad matchups, right? right. Like it's like it's like old standard Jund. It was just like, um, it's always gonna punish when you keep a slow hand, and it has no bad matchups, and it's just like always going to just be playing a stronger strategy than you are playing. Sure, and 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 that's that's what I sort of wanted to say, sort of would take us to is that. Um, Maybe we are just being hyperbolic. Maybe we did just get caught up in the fumarole of and the furor of just it's a big issue. It needs something needs to be done about it. But you know, now that we know, um, because when they said at the end here, uh, they our hope is to not make any changes until after the players tour finals, Houston in late April. That to me reads we're probably going to get another ban list then, right? But until then, unless something crazy happens. And we just see a giant massive spike in play and just results for Demir Inverter. You have another about month and a half to two months until something changes. So now I feel like there's a sense of, all right, coast is clear. So now I think we're going to see that uptick online. And I think we're really going to start seeing movers and shakers. Or maybe the thought of ban is just pushing enough people away that it's just going to come down to be a normal member of the format. But again looking at current metagame percentages uh it is still according to it's still about a 17 percent percentage the next thing under that is mono white at 12.4 percent everything under that is six percent or like close to seven or less so it is almost three times the third most played deck in the format i do think that it like mono white is the quote good matchup sure but it's not even that great of a matchup because, like, if your Gideon gets thought seized, you still lose the matchup. So mono white, I feel like I almost feel bad because I feel like they're kind of picking on the mono white deck, right? In this, in their announcement, there's like that deck's fine, and and I think that deck is fine. Um, and I think you know we everyone was before this felt like that Aurelius Fury, right? Like, oh, that combo is going to be busted in Pioneer, right? Like it's going to be a big issue. But I feel like those decks. If you have slow to interact with, you sometimes you get lucky on a perfect draw on a turn four. Otherwise, you know sometimes you got to work for it. I think it's a more fair version of a combo deck in this format, and I think it's a better sort of format defining combo deck than I think like the the inverter or the breach decks where they are hyper resilient combo decks that can also interact with and disrupt what your opponent's doing. With with mono white devotion, you know. A shock, a wild slash is all you need half the time. Mm-hmm. More than half the time, right? Yeah. Like most of the time, that'll get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or a push. Mm-hmm. Yeah, push just does it. Like activate Heliod to give life link. Yeah. And you just so I think like that highly interactable combo deck is what I like to see in the format. Not these, not inverter that is just already has the thought seasons themselves and can just board into the best counterspell in the format. And then you have. Uh, Lotus Breach, that even with Rest in Peace and things like that in play, is a highly, highly, highly resilient combo deck. I think Damping Sphere is, like, the big answer to it, right? Right. Like, And now they're just and- knowing that that's what you're going to play, and like they've smartly adapted to just, hey, we're going to play several artifact destruction, artifact and enchantment destruction spells on the sideboard. And when you land it, they're going to EOT blast your thing and then still kill you because you took some turns off to get your hate card down, you know? Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I definitely saw a lot of uh, Lotus Breach lose to the hate cards, but some of that was, like, a guy just needed a top deck land I was watching and he could activate his blast zone to get rid of the uh, opponent's disruption, but just didn't get there. So, I mean, Lotus Field is a little more fair now that people are, are packing a lot more hate for it, so. But again, you better bring the hate. Tomic really, really gets them. Yeah, yeah Tomic. Tomic's very good. Oh, my God. So so essentially what we're saying now is, or what I'm really saying, I don't know, you guys can agree with me if you want to here. Uh, you know, I, I take this as a point in time to say, this is now where Pioneer defines itself as a format. This is where the players out there need to take the initiative, and instead of just folding to these combo decks, instead of just... All everyone switching and playing these combo decks. Now is the time to show 
that we as a format, we as a pioneer community can take these two decks and figure out how to beat them and find options of, to beat them that aren't just playing each other, right? Sure. Then if we do that, though, then we have to deal with it for forever. Um, you know, I mean, people are people are adjusting. Like, you see a lot of online, people are just like, sure. well, I'm just going to play my Heliod combo deck and play Gideon's Intervention, Tomic, sure. like, all just main deck hate cards and hope that I face more of the the main stuff. And then, like, against Red, if you're playing Daxos, like, Mono White's, like, the new kind of, like, hate bears, almost, in my opinion. Sure. Like, we were suggesting it, like, that first week, and we're kind of wrong. But, like, now it's kind of turning out that we are ending up kind of right on that because it's got the best hate cards you can even play main deck against a lot of the combo and stuff out there my big complaint is that everybody likes to compare inverter to splinter twin it's the splinter twin of the format it's the two card combo but like the thing is like splinter twin is so easy to interact with Mm -hmm. splinter twin often cannot try to combo because of how frail the combo is right and then if you because um, if you very, if you destroy the combo piece in response, they're out two cards, right? Like it's a two yes. for one, and they're out all of their combo stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just like they they always have to like when you're playing Splinter Twin, you are trying to like all you're doing is you're a deck that punishes decks that tap out. Mm-hmm. It's it's like hey, if you tap out against me, I'm going to beat you. You have to leave your mana up, and you have to have your interaction. If you have your interaction when I try to go off, then you're gonna beat me. You know. Right. Uh, but this is different entirely. It's not like, oh, I can just kill the Thassa's Oracle. Or I can just, as long as I leave my mana up, I can just kill, and there's removal in every color. You know, it's not that. Mm-hmm. That's not what's happening. It's like, like... When this front started, would you have believed me if I had told you Collective Defiance is going to be one of the best red cards in the format? No. Wait, there are people playing Collective Defiance? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's everywhere in the red decks. Can you make somebody dump their hand and draw? That, the inverter deck. That's what it does, right? That's I what it does. It wheels. <laughs> okay. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, No, I would not have believed you. Are they playing it? I don't see anybody playing it, though. Oh, yeah. it's. I saw a lot of it. A lot, a lot, a lot of it. That's hot. That's hot, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it, oh, and I think up. with stuff like I might be sleeping like, up dragons. Like I said, it just, we, we've talked about it ad nauseum. The disruption, they, like, the dis- I mean, I played the deck. The disruption I got to play was pretty crazy. Yeah, like, you could definitely lose. Like, I lost to a guy top decking five counter spells in a row. Like, was a super chill dude. I wasn't even mad. Like, I was laughing the whole time. Like, it was awesome. Like, he was just kind of like, man, he apologized after the match, and I was like, dude, who does not dream of, like, getting, like, your, you had to mulligan, you thought seize, and you just, like, top deck to, like, win the game. Like, that's everybody's dream scenario. Like, it's going to happen in Magic. It's just variants. So, like, Super cool dude, was playing a brew. I feel like if you're playing a brew, you know, you honestly deserve some percentage points advantage anyway. So playing a brew beat me round one. Then we went on a tear after that. But like, you know, like I could definitely lose. Like I lost to a guy just beat me down too quick. Like, you know, you're definitely a little bit slower of a deck. So you can lose. It's not unbeatable. But like a lot of opponents were just kinda like sad as I just thought season multiple times and then comboed a couple turns later. Like if you're smart about when you combo to and again it's stuff that you you can kill a Thassa's Oracle with the trigger on the stack and like, yeah, if it goes off for zero that's one thing. But like if they had a Jace, if they had an omen of the sea, if they have cards uh, in play also, they still get their trigger. And, you know, if they have if they controlled their graveyard correctly, they're still probably gonna win. So it is tough to interact with playing at somebody who knows what they're doing on the inverters, uh, the Demir inverter side of it. The thing is, like, you can't react when it happens. You have to react preemptively. So you can't ever get them in the Splinter Twin scenario where it's just like, uh, you know, I go to play Splinter Twin, you know, I Splinter Twin all my Pestermite, and you, like, sudden death it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, or sudden shock it. And I'm just like, oh, wow, yeah, I lose both my cards here, mm-hmm. and now I, like, can't win. Right. You know? Now you're, like, way behind, yeah. But, like, in order to interact with Inverter, you have to, like, play Thought Seizes and play Thought uh, thought Erasures yourself, and you're taking one card at a time from them, and then, like, they're just going to dig dig into it. I do think, though, I've now been converted. Mm-hmm. I do think that the have correct you, Have you been is, inverted, would you say? I have been inverted. Okay. I think the correct ban is just Bandic Through Time. I think the rest of the deck is fine. Yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable now. Like, I don't want to see Dig Through Time ban because I just like that card. But I do think Me that's, too. like, uh, having played the deck, it's it's definitely a little less strong than I gave it credit for just because you can aggro it out. But, like, the ability to Dig Through Time for your combo pieces is, is pretty insane. And then, like I said, uh, you know, against against somebody who knows what they're doing, they're going to leave, like, they're going to get, like, they're going to Dig Through Time, leave their best cards in their graveyard so that when they do successfully Inverter, they're drawing their Thought Seizes again to make sure that you didn't draw 
whatever it was that you needed yeah. to stop them from comboing, or my, more Jaces to make sure they've got more win conditions. My argument for Dig is that, uh, or for the Dig ban, is just that I feel like Dig really pushed the the uh, the Nexus of Fate deck over the top, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I still think that card should be banned, even if Dig gets banned. I think that card is just obnoxious in general. Sure. Um, but I feel like if we just straight up ban Inverter out of the format, right, how long is it going to be until another deck just comes out and just breaks Dig through time? Exactly, and like by banning Dig Through Time, you're not banning the combo. You're banning enablers to mm-hmm. combo decks. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's let's talk about you know, like I said, let's figure out how to attack the format. Uh, what I, what I mean to say is, um, you know, I don't, you know, we had a lot of fun joking around about like, oh, enjoy the last your last tournament, right? Right. I don't want people to now show up to events and just be salty and jaded that Demir Inverter is still around. Right. Just like, you know, I hate to say you just got to grin and bear it, but you just got to grin and bear it, people. It's sure. it's part of the format now, and you just got to you just gotta figure out, like, how you're going to attack it now. You know it's going to be a player for at least another month and a half, so you just got to buckle down, and you just got to figure it out. Team shame your local Demir Inverter player out of playing Demir Inverter. No, no, no. Oh, is that not, that's not a good idea to that's do not, not the, that? That's not, that's not the Crew 3 That's stance. not the official Crew 3 Okay, sorry. I actually really no. like the matchup. I... I I I'm not I don't like it because I win a lot. I like it because I do think some of the sometimes the games are very interesting. Mm-hmm. I will tell you I played Demir Inverter once at the event this weekend, and I think all three of my games were very interesting games because like especially our game one because we had like really awkward draws, and it really just came down to like he just had to like Inverter and just like played around with like six cards in his library, and it was just a cat and mouse or just like. Did he have? It came down to me having like be able to find a second spell queller because he's able to keep like a thought seize to get my spell quell out of my hand to get the J. Like it was, there's some tango going on in that deck list, right? Like oh, for sure, I, it, I, I I recommend that if you guys can like go watch somebody playing Inverter. And again, like I don't think you're gonna play. Like everybody was like, oh, I expected to play against Inverter this weekend. You know, what was the what was number one in my, like that I saw by far this weekend at our 10k event? Bant Spirits. Everybody thought it was going to be Inverter, and, and I knew for sure it was not going to be a lot of Inverter. Not a lot of people want to play, like, that best deck or the thing. They want to try and attack it, or just play whatever their pet deck is. And a ton of people were playing Bant Spirits, and they were, like, preparing for a deck that wasn't really out in, in that many spades. Sorry, and let me spades. tell you, the matchup I never want to play playing Bant Spirits is the Mirror Match. That is the most—that is, like, the 5D chess matchup I've ever played. Because uh, everything is done at instant at like on your opponent's end step. For sure. And, and my finishing point there was like I would recommend you watch somebody play Inverter who might know what they're doing, um, because it, you will get an idea of when they can combo, when they can't, like when they have to be scared of interaction. And sometimes that is taken away because they you know they they get a thought seize on you or they draw one at the right time to like to know your info. But um, just knowing when they can combo, like getting more cards in their graveyard, so it's like harder for them to do what they wanted to do. A lot of those are kind of like decisions that I think will help people uh, come to grips with this new life, where we're just going to have to live with this deck. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go into again, sort of what decks are you guys thinking about? Like, hey, I don't want to play Demir Inverter, but I want to go and have like a pretty solid matchup against the field while also having like a decent inverter matchup, right? Like, what what are some decks that you would go ahead and you would just recommend that people maybe play or look at playing if they don't... If they want to actively, like, try and go after this matchup, right? If they're particularly trying to beat inverter? Well, I don't know. I don't know about just directly beat inverter, but they're like, hey, I want a deck that performs pretty well, but also, like, has, like, a solid Demir inverter matchup. Like, you know, that gets closer to maybe, like, a 60-40 matchup losing an inverter type of deal, right? Like, within that, like, 10 percentage points... Of it being like an even matchup or better for you, mono red, mono red. All right, let's start with mono red. Um, the mono red deck list I really like, and I definitely spread around is Frank Carson wrote a great article on Channel Fireball last week, and his mono red deck is essentially what I would be playing right now. Actually, it's what I sleeved up mm-hmm. as an alternative to playing Spirits because it is just a greatest hits of mono red. And if you want to see someone give a breakdown of why he played the numbers he did. He goes into great points about, like, why two Abbot of Carol Keep, why two Ash Zell and stuff like that. And it's like, man, you get to play, like, Ash Zell, you get to play Abbot. Like, two Ember Cleave. Like, this deck is just the greatest hits of Mono Red. And then the sideboard is just, like, Idol on the Great Rebels, Rampaging, Frostodons. Mono Red's a great pick, in my opinion. 
Uh, I think similarly, while we're talking about, like, I think aggro decks, number one, are just, like, probably a good option. Um, I was thinking, man, like, if I could go back and choose my deck before the weekend, like, I would probably either play um, the White Devotion deck or just Mono Black Aggro. Like, still having access to some Thoughtseize and then, like, getting to play uh, some recursive threats to, like, be able to kind of outlast other aggro decks, but still being able to beat down the combo decks of the format pretty effectively. Again, you don't have to have the fastest deck ever to beat uh, Inverter, right? Like, a lot of times it takes them a little while to set up, and then, like, if you can interact, you can set them back a long ways where you're like, oh, you took my combo piece, well, now we're kind of a parody, but they don't have, like, a lot of the recursive removal or, like, big sweepers. A lot of their stuff is one-for-one removal, and they're hoping to outvalue you with the dig-through-time type effects. Uh, mm-hmm. So mono black aggro is definitely what I would probably go back and play. You still got a solid matchup against other aggro decks. Again, being able to play that long game, but you can beat down fast enough to take down the combo decks. Uh, Ricky, you got another pick? Um, I do actually. I, I like Sultai Dredge, yeah. not Delirium. Sultai Dredge. It's a deck that I've been enjoying quite a lot. Um, the matchup is really, really, really interesting um, because you have cards that interact with your opponent's deck in the form of Venture Deeper on Merfolk Secret Keeper. Okay. Um, that card can honestly, like, once you realize that you're playing against Inverter, uh, sometimes, like, just if you hold it to when they invert, you can, of course, just try to win the game, steal the game like that with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can just even cast it on them early, and uh, and it might fill their yard too much. Like, if their yard is already at, like, eight cards... Like, knocking it up to 12 cards, it's just like, how are they going to win now? Yeah, it can mess sure. up their math. Like, you can also help fuel a dig through time, so you do have to be a little bit careful right. with that. But... I, I wouldn't do it if they were already at six cards. Sure, yeah. Like, once they're at like once they're at eight cards in their, right. in their graveyard, they're already like... Sure. They're like, if I dig through time, that's two cards left, mm-hmm. and, but now you can make it six. Yeah. And it's just like, after the dig through time, it's going to be seven. Mm-hmm. So, you can really mess with them like that. Mess up their math. Um, also, like... Sometimes you just you're just the best, and you just cast your turn one venture deeper or your Stitcher supplier on yourself, and you just get a Narcomoeba and a Prized Amalgam, and you've got like boom five power on turn one. You've got an aggro aggro thing for that. Um, and like I, I didn't get to play against a lot of Inverter when I was playing it, but I didn't see Insol do particularly well at our at our 10k event. Um, but uh, it, it is an aggro deck that beats down very quickly, you know? Um, um, you're a little bit... A cor- according to uh, meta percentages, is not a great matchup. So before you start uh, pitching this out, I just want to put that out there. Yeah, very fair. I, I, and I think one of the answers is, like, because I played against it as as in on the inverter side, like, mm-hmm. the I think the fatal pushes are too punishing. Mm. Um, but if the metagame evolves into more of an aggro war... Oh, and your in soul gets got by Mystic Dispute, that's main deck. Yes, very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they're Oof. still main deck and Mystic Dispute. But if the, I think, format becomes a little more aggro-heavy in response okay. to the inverter thing, I think it's pretty reasonable just because you get to play blue. But yeah, Fatal Push wrecks a lot of your stuff. Again, your dream is to put your soul on your um, uh, Darksteel Citadel, and that's kind of unbeatable, but it doesn't always go like that. So unless you're like being very selective, a lot of people I don't think are playing around Fatal Push uh, in that way, and again, sometimes you can't just because, like, you know, if you don't have the Dark Steel Citadel, it's kind of kind of rough. Sure. Um, again, I I can't I can't talk enough about uh, Bant Spirits, right? Uh, I feel like the deck is a lot of sixty forties or like lower. I I just think like that and maybe like Mono Black are just the two probably like closest to like fair decks of the format. Mm-hmm. And I know you're thinking about Bant Spirits, like they, that doesn't sound like a real thing, right? Like you just always have hot cocos of just like a double lord or like you always find the spell color right. But having played a lot of that deck in the last few weeks, I think it is like one of the fairest decks in the format. Makes sense to me. Just because like you you always remember the cocos that hit against you. Mm-hmm. But as the as the spirits player, I always remember the cocos that don't hit, or I remember sure. the coco that's like, "Ah oh, man, I hit a spell queller when I tried to end step this coco to hit like a lord, right?" Like, yeah. Uh, and just cards like Nebulgast Herald is deceptively very good in a lot of matchups, mm-hmm. um, and I think like the fact that like a lot of your stuff are at threes is pr- may, like keeps the deck at a slow pace that like. Sometimes aggro decks can be an issue for you, uh, but I think it is just like sort of like this really fair deck that's just trying to play this like 
disruptive yet just making this big push on like one big turn mm-hmm. to push the, to push that enough damage. I mean, heck, I played against Sultai and like we were having a really good back and forth game, mm-hmm. and I like at the end of that game I was at six just because of uh, Seder Wayfinder beats. Wow, and just... cards like yeah. I think I, is it the game that I came and watched the end of? That's one of those, yeah. yeah that that was sense. one of those. Gosh, that that last turn that you walked up on was like one of the hardest decisions I had to make that whole weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah, what was it? So essentially, it came down to uh, a board state where if he would attack, if he would swing all out, I am forced to cast Collected Company to block and potentially not have lethal on the swing back. But there is also a chance where if he doesn't attack with everything and casts... I forget what spell he had in hand, but it was a very, like, important... Oh, he had an Uro, right? He had an Uro. He's so it comes down to if I have to Coco to not die, then I potentially... Then I don't get to counter his Uro. But he plays it safe and is attacked so that he could still... Uh, because also... But if he attacked with everything, he would have to crack his clue... Too lethal me, so he then couldn't cast Uro. So there was a lot of points of just like, all right, because I, I also had like a Nebelgast Herald in play, so it was like, man, uh, or before, like, they also, I had a chance of like, we could before play, because I still had like a Nebelgast Herald in the deck, right? There's a chance, like, before combat, I Coco hit Nebelgast Herald, which was actually in that six anyway. It's just, it's just one of those turns where, like, where you sequence things, there are like plenty of options, and I think, like, the line that happened might have been like the only way that I win that game. Yeah. So fair enough. Seems like it was a it was a tight decision. Oro makes games so weird. Yeah. Like honestly, like that card is, and I also sided out a lot against Inverter when I'm playing Dredge. That card does nothing against Inverter. If you are on an Oro deck against Inverter, like Inverter laughs at you. Yeah. I was gonna say that that feels like a card that you can't play against Inverter. Like, it's just, like, three mana. What are you going to do? Gain some life, draw a card, play a land? Do you have a body? <laughs> Man, no? I'll tell you what, though. That same Sultai player, he was, like, going... He wasn't playing, like, True Delirium. Uh, I think he's, like... I don't want to say he wasn't playing True Delirium, because, like, that's just sort of what he said, but, like, he was playing a lot of, like, similar cards, right? Uh, but he was, like, going deep on the Inverter matchup of, like... He was even, like, mainboarding Narsets against it and things like that. Like, he was coming in prepared for that matchup yeah I, i'm not super excited but i took the north side of the main deck i don't think they're as good as people think they are i, I don't know like uh my my whole point is like the my i'm minus two on narset twice during that event and hit mm-hmm. zero times like you just yeah. like you you can hit stuff like don't get me wrong like you just you have a lot of misses like well, no, no no the narset's not for you to use the narset is for is like your opponent to use against you just so you can't like keep digging for other things like you're, you're it doesn't stop dig through time though, right? Like, what does it stop? No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But again, it's a card that just like when you're trying to go deeper with your your ops or things like that. I just that because mm-hmm. again, opt is very Opting important. That matchups. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not super impressed that if people like it, good for them. Um, the uh, I watched uh, somebody, some inverter player, lose to the delirium deck. They played their inverter and then got Emrakuld. Huh. <laughs> yep. Uh. Yeah, they just, like, played their inverter, and they just, like, left up three mana for, like, Hero's Downfall, I guess. Or just, I don't know. They just decided, uh, like, heck with whatever you're playing. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, untapped, counted cards in Graveyard, and was just like, yeah, Emrakul. cool. Hmm. And then, like, untapped, and was just like, oh, um, play this opt, uh, play this opt, lose. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, man, one one more list I think is I'm a little surprised is not um, not popping up. I feel like there's just got to be a straight up green cocoa list that's out there where it's like just beat down with the effective creatures because like you know it's somewhat fatal push resistant. Uh, given that a lot sure. of your things are are threes fours, you play some Galtas, you play some things like that. Like I'm really really surprised we don't have more just like. Coco Green. It with feels some like a backups. bad. I just be when you play that deck. I just worry about mm-hmm. running into Azorius. Sure. And sure. like that deck just feels a little too slow to play against Azorius. Yeah. And Azorius sure. is like one of the big decks to beat Inverter right now. Gotcha. Makes sense to me. Uh, like if you want to play like a fast aggro deck that isn't just straight mono red, mm-hmm. I do really like the Gruul aggro decks that are playing Galia and Fire Drinker Seder. Sure. Wait. What? Yeah. Why are we playing Fire Drinker Seder? There's no way that's correct. 
Because it's a one drop that pumps itself off of Galia. No, 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 no. Yeah. Is that worth it? Now, I've yeah. seen people playing Satyr's Cunning in the Galia no. decks. No, 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 no. You're looking at, like, this deck is, like, Bomat Couriers, Fire Drink. It's all these one drops, right? With Burning Travisary, Anaxes, Reckless Bushwhackers, and Galias. Mm -hmm. And with, like, a Tarkus Clans and Ember Cleaves. That's the deck. Oh, my lord. We beaten down fast. I like it a lot. I might pick up the couple cards I need to play this deck list. Oh, what actually, are you missing? I, uh, I, I don't think I'll play this weekend. I'm going to play, play Band Spirits this weekend. Oh, uh, but gosh. I'm just going to go buy some full... I'm going to buy some full art Galias because they're like a dollar. Dude, I've been picking up full art and foil Storms Heralds, man. Yeah, I know. I think you're crazy for that, but... Uh... I'm not crazy. You're, crazy. <laughs> you're yeah, crazy. Okay, I'll give you like maybe another four, but I don't think it's going to be great in Pioneer. I'm just saying, like, they're 80 cents foils yeah. and like a dollar 12 full arts do do we need to double down on a pie bet mm. um hold on hold please uh on next I week's episode of Crew 3. i would i would definitely bet that storm's herald will see standard play and modern play for sure uh, then we're not a standard or a modern podcast i know we're not a standard or a modern <laughs> that's why podcast. Wants to that's why i know that it'll top eight in those formats uh i am not certain it will top eight in pioneer in the foreseeable future, okay. but I do feel like it is a card that will someday top eight. Okay, that's very fair. Uh, all right, so let's. Uh, any, I, anything else? I would be willing. Okay. To take a pie now for Storm's Herald, if you take two pies when it top eights eventually in Pioneer. Okay, but like, what's the timeline of that? Like, ten years down the line, and it finally top eights, right? You're just like, yeah, exactly. I will call you <laughs> ten years from now. <laughs> Pull you out of the XFL, <laughs> sit you down, and give you two pies. I'll give, yeah. I'll give you the Oreo crust. At that point, Crew oh. 3 will be brought to you live in a van down by the river. <laughs> because everyone, everyone, every, every game just came down to his port priority on their Demir Inverter matchups. That's yeah. exactly right. Games are determined by rock, paper, scissors, port priority. Oh, no. All right. So any anything else before we, uh, before we head on to... Uh... Does it slap? Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the MTGO deck lists, just because like I know we were doing that a lot uh, early. Um, yeah, and there there are some fun ones that did well. Um, Simic Eldrazi is a card that we're going, or is a deck that uh, I deck. think we're gonna bring to you guys soon, maybe on the it's, on the YouTube's, which by the way is live like, now. It's a it's a deck I like, but man, if you think spirit, if I thought spirits is an issue, like not being able to like dig interact with this deck, mm -hmm. that's even worse. Sure, sure. Um, and I think, like, you could see the reason, like, this. it was definitely, like, putting up results, like, the last couple weeks, but I think this weekend, like, I feel like it really dropped off. So, like, if you draw, like, reasonably well, I can see it doing, uh, like, I see it, I see one list in the 5-0 league from this weekend, but I'm not seeing it in the challenge of the preliminaries. But again, I, like, I don't want to downplay your choice here, um, but I just want to put in my two cents on the deck of just, like, having played a little bit of it, not a whole lot. Uh, it just suffers from that, like, just you don't have deck manipulation. Sure, I yeah. Play Orsav Auras. Yeah. Okay, that's a sweet one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Orsav Auras still it definitely felt like a flash of the pan at the Pro Tour. But, I bought uh, my foil Karametra's like Blessings also Ooh. once again. That card is that card is way too good. At common? Mm-hmm. Like, have you read that card? I'm reading it right now. Why don't you tell everyone at home? It gives plus two, plus two, hexproof, and indestructible for one white mana. As long as our target is enchanted or is an enchantment. Uh, specifically, though, it gets plus two plus two regardless. Right. Right. But that Hexproof and Indestructible is the, if it's enchanted or an enchantment, right? Yeah. Um, this deck like has stuck around card. for a long time. I mean, this deck has been around since it showed up at that, uh, with the Japanese Grand Prix, right? Yeah. Was that a player's tour? Which What was that, actually? It was a player's tour. It was a player's mm -hmm. tour. Um, formerly known as a pro tour. Uh, yeah, yeah. This this deck is kind of stuck stuck around, and it's showed up several Hateful times. Idolon is an effect that it literally cannot cost less. Like that is one mana for the. That's a pretty good effect. That is an effect that every player who's ever wanted to stack cards on top of each other has always wanted. Man, dry militant for the underworld breach matchup is also really hot. For I sure. know, right? I mean, I think that's also helpful to stop your... I mean, just effective against Dig Through Time. Oh, the, the Inverter matchup, too. Like, that's yeah. gotta be... I've definitely seen this pop up in some uh, some white lists, um, as far as, like, model white lists, things like that. Uh, and, like, of... living oh, Levita Loco guy, the Ace Loot of Life's bounty, like, 
this is, these are good cards. I want to play these cards. These Hold cards. on, are you calling Ace Lead of Life's Bounty yeah. Ricky Martin? Yeah, I am. The, okay, good. These cards are, like, not that good on their own. <laughs> they, are, they are good in conjunction as, like, a beat-down deck that's got some resilience because you're drawing cards with SRAM. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and you can protect it reasonably well. So I don't know that... Uh, this is this is in my opinion kind of like the pioneer version of Infect, I guess, where it's like we're I've actually been looking at this deck constantly. It. Mm-hmm. it already plays two mana confluence. Like we could play some red lands in this deck mm-hmm. and just play Storm's Herald in this deck. Mm. And like that's like dope, right? Like just two of Storm's Herald, and then you have like your big game ender at the end. Okay. Like just like all of a sudden, here's Storm's Herald. Like if Storm's Herald gets you back, like. Two all that glitters and two ethereal armors. He swings for like, what, nineteen? Uh, oh wow! Good if, call. He has, uh, if he has a griff, yeah. if he has a griff spoon, mm-hmm. like that's another plus five, and he flies. Okay. So like, sure. even if there's just like ethereal armor, ethereal armor, griff spoon in our yard, that is plus six, seven. He swings for ten, flying haste out of nowhere. Boom. And then we can Karametra's blessing to protect him. Got him. Yeah, like this. I think this. This deck is insane. Uh, speaking, speaking of the YouTube channels in Aura's deck, uh, Chris and I, of course, the first video, we go ahead and play Croxorak, and uh, we played against uh, Slesnia Auras, right? And yes. Season of Growth is a card. Yeah, we mistakenly, a uh, little spoilers here, did not take that card because we were like, oh, we want to get beat down slower. And it may have been the right choice, but, like, man, did they draw a lot of cards, ended up drawing a lot of cards off the one we left. I'll tell you what. Oh yeah, uh, I put that in my boggles list when I. Yeah, I think it was almost the same list, like yeah. based on. It may have been. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, like Chris said before, he mentioned that the YouTube channel is up now. We are Crew Three Podcast on the YouTubes. Uh, we have so far, based on Monday was we recording this, we have our Croxarack deck tech and gameplay. This was uploaded all at once with some timestamps to go separate the games. Uh, the next upload, we might try putting it sort of splitting up with the deck tech and each game sort of separately. We're just sort of trying to figure out what works best for our viewers and what works best for you guys. And I have a uh, sad little clip I posted of when we mistakenly said, what if nothing gets banned in it last week? Mm-hmm. Yep, and our, and our call it on that. And, uh, uh, yeah, so we're sorry. We apologize. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's our bad. Also, on this from this recent league, um, there was a... Mono White Devotion splashing some blue, which is pretty cute. I think that's kind of a fun way to do it. I think there's a lot of ways you can take that deck, and I think splashing blue makes a lot of sense. They were splashing blue for... Hold on, let me see it. I know they definitely played some uh, some three fairy. And then also in this list... Oh, we've got some Spell Queller. That was kind of the fun one. Spell sure. Queller and Dragonlord Ojitai. So what your you, standard kind you of white of, devotion with that in there. What do you guys think of the, uh, the mono green decks that are playing Karn the Great Creator? I have no idea. Uh, the mono green planeswalker decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, these decks are probably good. It feels rough. Like I feel like I don't know. I feel like I just want to be beating down. Yeah. Like man, that I I we talked to the guy who like, is like the originator of this deck list, and it just sounds like he just can't beat either Azorius Control or Spirits. Like you just get to tutor for your Sky Sovereign, which is sort of insane. And I think mm-hmm. can he get the Great Henge too? The Great Henge, Ulamog, Emrakul, God Pharaoh's statue. statue. <laughs> Game over. Oh my god. Wow. All right. This this deck's fun. I like this deck. For now. those of us that don't know what God Pharaoh statue okay. is, it's a six mana uncommon artifact that says legendary. Artifact. Legendary. Sorry. Spells your opponent's cast cost two more to cast. And at the beginning of your end step, each opponent loses one life. Unfortunately, it's legendary, guys. So, you know, I know you were hoping no to play multiples of those. But but that's okay. It's only playing one because this sideboard is all one-ofs. So if you hate registering plenty of lines of your deck on your deck list, right, if you, you want to make sure everything fits in that sideboard slot in your deck sheet, right. uh, you might have some trouble here. But if you hate sideboarding in general, who cares? Just uh, oh, card, play, you card play with your sideboard. That's right. Uh, make sure you de-sideboard, though. Yeah, I saw a guy get a game loss for that. This deck is sweet. You can't get your Emrakuls with this, though. What does it have to... What's the restrictions on Karn? She's an artifact card from outside the game. Vivian oh, gets gotcha. your Emrakul, though. Vivian? Mm. You may choose a creature card you want from outside the game, reveal it, and put it in your hand. 
It's Vivian oh. is why Vivian's why when you're playing the original Green Devotion decklist, mm-hmm. you played three walking ballists at the main board, and one on the sideboard, because you could just Vivian ultimate to go get your wa- other walking ballist out of the board. Oh, it makes sense. Tutor for that. This deck, okay. This deck is sweet. I don't know. Like it is a lot of four and five drops, and I feel like this is one of those decks. Like like the mono green devotion deck already feels like oh man, if they just zap your elf on turn one, you do a whole lot of nothing. And this feels like that times like three. Right. Ah, but you've got Wolf Willow Haven. Wolf Willow Haven is somebody cool. challenged. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, we're also playing Voyaging Seder to untap our Nykthoses or Wolf Willow Havens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, somebody challenged these mono green players. They said, you know, you got to go big or go home. And so they were like, well, time to go bigger. Uh, yeah. That's just what it feels like. They were just like, we're just going bigger than we went before. Because, like, our, our deck got hated out for not doing enough. So it's like, now if it's going to do it, we're going to win even more. All right. Yeah. Real fast, before we're, we're, get, we're getting close to time here, and I do want to give some uh, some tiny dozen slap. I do really fast want to mention, uh, in the State of Arena, they did, there's a brief line for Pioneer Masters. Uh, so tease for next week, uh, when I can give you all some more time. Uh, it sounds like within the year, we are going to get Pioneer Masters and Pioneer on Arena. So a little tease for next week. Uh, let's think of some cards of what is going to get into Pioneer Masters. Huh. So that's all the information we have is that just before by the end of the year, we're expecting Pioneer Masters on Arena. It was one quick line of the State of the Game update. Hmm. God, i got to play Arena again. Damn. Yeah, that's why I was telling Chris. We're going to have to start grinding out some wild cards in preparation. I know, right? No, but all the Pioneer cards are going to cost double wild cards. Oh, yeah. I thought they changed that. I don't know. Maybe they did. I thought <laughs> they did for Historic. Okay, fair enough. That was like going to be one so of the dumbest things in the world. Uh, all right, so let's move on here to Does It Slap. Chris, summon our theme song. Theme song summoned. Oh! All right, sweet. Thanks to Chris. And uh, all right, Ricky. So last week I posed the challenge of give us a sort of graveyard deck for that'll catch Ricky's eye. And uh, while I was coming through, someone uh, went ahead and did just that for us. This deck list is from Twitter user, because I always close Twitter before I do this. Mm-hmm. This is from Twitter user, at Captain Craft. Mm. Thank you, Mr. Craft, for sending us this deck list. We are looking at Golgari Graveyard Despair. So, Ricky, since I picked this for you, why don't you, why don't you read us some of these cards here? All right. So, this is a, a straight-up green-black um, graveyard-based synergy deck. Um, it's got some of my favorites like Stitcher Supplier and uh, De- you know uh, Seder Wayfinder, but he's also running sweet things like Graveyard, Graveblade Marauder, Embodiment of Agonies, Order of Midnight, and even Grim Flayer and Den Protector, which is a card I do play in my dredge deck in the sideboard. What do some of those uh, cards do for people at home? Sure, sure, sure. Um, so he's got like Stitcher Supplier, which is a one drop that will come into play and it'll mill us three, and if it dies, it also mills us three. So it can mill us six for one mana. Seems like it's what our deck to do. Very much so. Seder Wayfinder, of course, the two mana one one that mills us four. But if we flip a land, we can put one of those lands that we find into our hand. Really just uh, feeds the yard and helps us make sure we make our land drops. Mm-hmm. Graveblade Marauder is a real sweet one. Uh, definitely a slap-worthy card here. Ooh. But it is a three mana one four with death touch. And if it deals combat damage to a player... That player loses life equal to the number of creature cards in our graveyard. This is almost like yeah, I the forgot, I forgot this card. Yeah, this is almost yeah. like the graveyard version of uh, or sorry, I don't know, like the black version of Crackling Drake, right? Almost like you know, yeah. like it, it they get power equal to the cards in your graveyard. If if this thing hits, you know, it it hits them for a lot. Oh yeah, I like this card a lot. Um, it also is running Creeping Chill and Driven to Despair. I will tell you right now that Driven to Despair is the best card in this entire deck. Uh, this card's you've, insane. You've been pretty high on that card, yeah. I still play two of in my dredge deck, and I want to find room for the third always. Um, this card is a, a aftermath card from the Amonkhet block, so it is, has a front half you can play from your hand and a back half that you can pay only from the graveyard. Okay. So Driven is a green and colorless sorcery that says all our creatures gain trample, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, you draw a card. So we can draw for every creature we have that hits our opponent and all our creatures gain trample. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, the better part, Despair, is Aftermath. So if we mill this, we can cast it for two mana, black and colorless. Um, until end of turn, all of our creatures gain menace until end of turn. 
and if they deal combat damage to an opponent, that player discards a card. Ooh. Um, so often, after a, a couple of good mills, we'll have like a good board of three or four trash creatures in play, and just being able to just cast Despair on like turn four, swing in, maybe they've got two blockers, and they get to stop one of our trash creatures, but they're going to be taking three to four damage, and uh, then they're going to lose most of their hand, if not all of their hand. It's a really good way to deal with uh, Inverter. Uh, Inverter does not like having to spend all of its removal on just like nothing creatures like Narcomoebas and Citrus Suppliers especially, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they don't play a lot of blockers. Sometimes you will even have to, like you will even bait some Thassa's Oracles out to block if you have enough early pressure. Nice. So uh, cards like this, it's just you just threaten to rip their hand apart at any moment. Like if they lose two or three cards in their hand, you know, that could be it for them. Okay. Um, occasionally, if you can't take their whole hand, it's better to wait until you can, as uh, sometimes they will just keep the dig through time and just fuel a big dig through time, and then we're in trouble again. But uh, this deck also is playing to two Journey to Eternity, which is an enchantment um, that says, Enchant creature you control. When enchanted creature dies, return to the battlefield under your control, flipped. It flips to a land that lets us reanimate for five mana. Ooh. Um, so this is a deck, it slaps. I will definitely give, say it slaps, but I've got some thoughts. Okay. Do you, do you want Chris and I to weigh in first, or do you want to go first? You guys can weigh in first. Okay. Uh, Chris, are you ready, or I've got some thoughts ready? No, go for it. Okay, uh, I just sort of want to say, like, Liliana Radical Heal is a very interesting card, um, but man, I kind of wish if we're going to play, like, a Liliana-type effect... Maybe play like a Priest of Forgotten Gods or something that we can like get value and sack our like uh, Seda Wayfinder, our Supplier to get a little more value out of them to get them to use them in an interesting way, right? Like get make sure you get that other Supplier trigger to just use up this Seda Wayfinder after it gets you the graveyard value to help like try and trigger and flip that Liliana. Uh, that's sort of something that, and like even like flip our Journey to the Eternity. Like you don't have a really way to control those flipping. Which I feel like if you're gonna play cards like that, you definitely want to have a way to control that. Um, and then another really thing that sticks out to me in the sideboard is, you know, you're. I don't know if we like. Obviously, like we're gonna. There's plenty of ways in this deck to fill up your graveyard with cards. Um, but man, pick the brain. I just don't know about. Like, sure, it's interesting because it is like also a duress effect, right? Like, if you don't, I just like if we're gonna play an effect like that, let's just play Lost Legacy. Or something that just does that effect naturally without having to worry about delirium. Mm -hmm. um, and those are like my two real like thoughts of the deck. I mean, uh, I'm not super familiar with these types of strategies. That's why you know, I'm definitely going to leave a lot of the floor for Ricky. But just my cursory glance at this deck list, right? Um, I just feel like, yeah, let's have some ways to help control the triggers from our eternities for our Liliana flips and like find a way to make extra use out of the Stitcher Supplier, out of the Seder Wayfinder after they're in play. Maybe even like, mm, yeah, no, that doesn't work here either. But I don't know. That's that's sort of my my main thought here on the deck list. Um, yeah, I I think it depends on how we want to look at it because like if we are keeping this a little more budget, then hey, uh, you know, we'll go for it, right? Whatever. I think there's even some cards you could substitute if you wanted to make it a little more budget. But if we're not, I'm a little surprised we don't have any amount of like hand disruption. Um, I will say that about almost any black deck, in that I think that you know. You've got to, there's got to be some space for Thoughtseize somewhere. Uh, other than that, on too many complaints, I, I like Liliana for how easy she flips. That's something, a card I've kind of forgotten about, that I'm like, wow, it's just another creature dying. She flips, and she flips into a very, very strong Liliana. Um, each player discarding a card as a plus two is pretty sick. Getting to reanimate as a minus is sick. So uh, I like what we're, what we're doing as far as that's concerned. All right, are you guys ready? Yeah, his. We can't hit delirium in this deck. Yeah, well, that's that's what I was trying to say, right? Like, um, I we, like I, you're definitely hitting it more on here, but yeah, I don't. We can't actually. We only have we, sorceries, creatures, lands, and two enchantments, which means a journey to eternity has to be in our graveyard if we are planning to turn on delirium. Okay. So the first thing I want to do is remove the grim flayers mm -hmm. from the deck because while it is sweet, it, it does mill a bit. Um, he does not actually get to be a 4-4 beater mm -hmm. because we are not going to be uh, we're not going to be able to really hit Delirium. Sure. Okay. Um, I love Dem Protector and I love Order of Midnight being able to continuously loop us through our deck. I think that is beautiful and fine. 
And because of that, I like cards like the Embodiment of Agonies that get a little bigger. Mm -hmm. um, however, um, Liliana Heretical Healer and Journey to Eternity require us to make creatures die, and we don't have a way to make our own creatures die. Again, which right. is what I was right. reiterating on this my... a bit too. So I would like to cut those as well. And what I suggest we put in in place of the cuts is, of course, four copies of Grizzly Salvage, as shiny and foily as you can make them. There you go. Um, those are amazing. This will, It will do so much for this deck. Like, you get to flip five cards into your graveyard, and you get to take any of them. Like, if you need a land, take a land. If you need a creature, take a creature. Now, Gather the Pack is actually quite expensive now. So we don't need that. I like the direction of going with more creatures. Mm -hmm. um, and we're already playing uh, the Den Protectors. So I actually do mind the idea of playing some Death Mist Raptors. Oh, there we go. Um, our, our... Okay, sure. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, Megamorph card. What are your thoughts on Death Mist Raptor there? I was just like, man, are just four Den Protectors and just the Raptors themselves enough to get the triggers? I mean, it's... There's four of them, and we can also order of midnight to get one back. Okay, sure. All right. So um, the thing is, we can once, like, if we mill our den or our raptors, that's insane, okay. because uh, they will buy back out of the graveyard for free if we flip a den protector. Sure. So we're just our, we're not playing blue black to help like hard cast right. Like it's the alternative to playing prized amalgam. Right. Instead of going into blue here, because this deck is very much a green black deck. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, definitely. There are, like, Sultai decks that help quite a bit. Like, getting to play Prized Amalgam is a very good card, and Archimeve is a very good card. But, like, just as is, this is a much more swarmy deck, and I do think mm -hmm. it's way cooler uh, to play, like, some Death Mist Raptors. It's okay. also going to be pretty cheap. I can't imagine those being very expensive. Oh, also, no. I'm uh, amazed that Journey to Eternity is being $4 each. Yeah, that's command yeah. That's Commander, baby. Yeah, I know, right? But, yeah, we can cut the Lianas, cut the Grim Flayers, cut the Journeys... And we can get some uh, Grizzly Salvages going, and we can get some Death Mist Raptors in here. And I think we're cooking with some pretty hot fire. I mean, like, honestly, Creeping Chill is going to do a lot of work for you always in this deck. Sure. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, like, your opponent doesn't know it, but they're only at 14 life. Like, you're just going to mill through Creeping Chills. Also, one thing I do want to point out, though, that I didn't mention, mm -hmm. is this is someone who I appreciate this. Uh, the there is only there are only two cards that cross over, with uh, sorry there there's a few here actually, but he's like done as good as possible with different mana costs. I did see that, and uh, Death Mist Raptor adds green green colorless. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and getting rid of uh, Grim Flare we're replacing with Grizzly Salvage. It keeps us there. green black. Yeah. Also, Deathrite Shaman is sweet, and buying back Deathrite mm -hmm. Shaman is pretty sweet. Um, the only other thing I could think of is, like, this deck honestly might almost want, like, a Ravenous Chupacabra just to rebuy. Okay, sure. Um, some just going. Just because we can buy back so many cards from our graveyard. Like, this deck is going to get, like, really good when we bring in some cards, like the Necrotic Wounds and the Abrupt Decays in our board here. Mm -hmm, like, when mm -hmm. those come out, they are going to do work. So, like, any random hate cards. Like, I like Noxious Grasp. I like Display of Dominance. Like, honestly, we can play a bunch of hate cards because of our Den Protectors. And our Midnight Riders, we're going to be able to, like, continuously flip those back into our hand to mm -hmm. re-spend re them. So, I, I do like this deck. I do think it slaps. Um, I would give this uh, uh, nine, nine Drained Life, three Creeping Chills out of, uh, out of four. Cool. All right. Chris? Um, you go first. I'm still thinking about it. Uh, I'm going to give this a... Oh, boy. I'm trying to think of something, something witty to say here with my rating. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a two times the mana cost of embodiment of agonies out of ten. Okay, so six out of ten. Yeah, uh, uh, specifically uh, four black and two colorless. Yes, correct. So that's a difference, different mana cost there. Um, I'm gonna be a little more conservative. I I think this is a man. I really like the brew. I really like like as far as like being cool. This is four out of four. Like, we were like, hey, somebody brew, like, a, a graveyard deck from us. I have not seen this deck before. So as far as, like, brewing, you got a four out of four from me. As far as, like, what the deck actually does, I'm going to give you two Deathrite Shamans out of four. But uh, this was, like, a super cool thing where, like, we were kind of asked, I think, for some graveyard submissions. Uh, this gentleman came through, 
and I think that's dope. They got creative with the mana cost. Like, there's a lot of things they did that I think is fun, I think is really cool. They paid a lot of attention to, like, a lot of what their cards do, other than, like, the, the not hitting Delirium. I think they just wanted Grim Flayer for that part, but, like, not taking advantage of Grim Flayers, you know, something that I, I definitely... That's, that's, I, was just I must say I like, could have made, too, you know? So it's like, Ricky, whatever. Ricky had the Shark Tank moment of he was looking at the paperwork and just found something that stuck out to him right. by just going, we can't actually turn on Delirium without one of those journeys being in the graveyard. Right, exactly. Like, so. like I know it's going to be really rough, but I hadn't done the math yet. Sure, sure, yeah. So <laughs> I'm always uh, doing that Delirium math. Always doing the Delirium math. There you go. It's like Steiner math, but it's a little different. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit different. Without that Journey to Eternity... You have a zero percent chance of your Grim Flare reaching Delirium, and at sacrifice anyway. All right, no guys. Sacrifice. Any closing thoughts? Um. Thank you for giving let's... us the deck. The thank deck you so much. Yeah. We cannot thank you enough. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, any anyone want to make a challenge for this next submission? Somebody please put uh, Wishclaw Talisman in a deck and throw it at Chris, please. <laughs> Somebody make him smile just a little bit. Don't uh, don't do it. You can't. But I already have the best wish, best wish claw talisman deck that didn't didn't happen. Which yeah, was we're, the, that uh, sounds we're like gonna, a challenge. We're gonna, a, we're gonna get a submission from Chris's one of Chris's alt accounts. Yeah, you are, and it's just gonna be the wish claw talisman version of the uh, possibility storm deck. Okay, that's that's gonna be a so thing. yeah. So someone go back and listen to last week's episode and just build that exact same deck list and send it to us. Yep. Uh, I want to see build a storm some... herald deck. There you go. Yeah, build some storm herald. I want to see some monastery mentor out there. Surprise! That's a card I haven't yeah, seen. Yeah. I know there's some uh, Mardu we Pyromancer actually, out we, there. We did, yeah, we did get some Mardu Pyro. We did get a Mardu Pyromancer submissions. So I've uh, also been thinking a lot about Hackthos. Okay. I've been thinking a lot about Hackthos. Interesting. All right. So you know. Uh, other closing thoughts. All I can think of is hey, hey Discord. Besides, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I would say besides us starting the YouTube channel, we are also this week launching our Discord channel. Our Discord server. Um, I'm, obviously, I'm not going to read out the string of uh, capital, capital, lowercase letters and numbers here. So we are going to tweet out the link that's going to be an eternal link. You're going to be able to use it forever to join the Discord server. We've got some channels set up here for decklist advice, pioneer, non-pioneer, even a channel for if you're trying to look for some games online to jam with people. Right? Uh, we're trying to build a little bit of a community now. Get everyone. We got some awesome people. Pioneer community is awesome. So we're trying to uh, give you all some creative space to c- connect with each other and just brew, throw around some deck lists. Uh, so I'm going to link that up on the Twitter. When this episode of the podcast goes live, I'm going to go through all of our YouTube videos and uh, attach that on to the description of all the YouTube videos so you have his way of finding us. And as a reminder, the YouTube channel is Crew3Podcast on YouTube. And uh, another place to find us all is, again, that Twitter account, which is at Crew3Podcast, is where you can find my Twitter account. And if you want to find these boys, you can follow them at... Uh, it's underscore Christmas with no T in the Christmas. At also Steve. Also, if you join and... our Discord, please be a bro. We do not want to have to ban anybody from our yes. Discord for being ridiculous. But you can uh, tell us things we've got wrong. Constructive criticism is great. You can be, you know, do whatever you want. We're not, like, uh, giving that much. But as long as you're nice about it, that's what we that's what we want to yeah, say. Nice no, to us, we, nice uh, to the, the Pioneer community, as I experienced so far has been great and uh, i want our community to reflect that as well uh but of course uh all right any closing thoughts then guys um i don't know man hack those (laughs) hack those all right Uh. so go play some pioneer everyone go have fun don't let demir inverta get you down we're gonna we're gonna try and take this with stride and we're gonna have some fun that's right talk to y'all later thank you Bye. bye